0: Hello and welcome to episode one of a neat dram podcast. I'm your host Andy Crittenden, and I'm super excited about the conversation you're about to get to listen to. Um, it's with executive producer Bo Counts, and if you don't know Bo, I want to I want to take a little second here. This wouldn't happen. You wouldn't be listening to this, and there's an asterisk on the end of that sentence that follows through with. There's a lot of things that you wouldn't be doing. Experiencing consuming in the city of Fayetteville, Arkansas, if it weren't for Beau Counts, whether you know it or not, because that's just the kind of guy he is. He's an underground organizer, he's constantly doing something for somebody. He's the co host of Drive In Speaker Box, the resident wizard at Pinpoint, Boy- Fayetteville, um, my favorite arcade bar in the city, and um, the only one, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Episode one with bow Counts. So, yeah, I, I guess let's just start, let's. I, I feel like this is something that we do on a regular basis, and it's kind of why I love how organic it's become as far as us to speaking because we could have just been recording ourselves. I mean, yeah, how many a times? dozen times? <laughs> just like sitting at the bar, yeah. throw a, a phone on the counter, and just go. Yeah. So, um, whenever I was first making notes. Uh, as part of how I wanted to be prepared to have a conversation with you, I like had this all built up in this big intro, blah, blah, blah. And who is, no, that seems so stupid now that I'm thinking about it. It doesn't matter. We're (laughs) neither of us, anybody that doesn't need to be known any more or less than the other in the sense of we're starting on the same level, you more elevated than me, I think, but that could go either way. Point being, I think there's two big conversations that I want to have. One of them, I know that we both want to have one of them. I want to use as a setup for Mm -hmm. the other. Um, So, in a concise way, I'd like to hear the story of how we came to sit in these seats with regards to how did Bo turn Pinpoint into a living thing? Mm -hmm. And then, once you give me that real quick, concise answer, I want to segue that into the conversation that I know we both want to have. So, how did Pinpoint
1: become alive, or how did you and I get sitting in those two different stories? That's fair. Um, Pinpoint
0: coming to life seems to be... The basis, because if it wasn't for pinpoint becoming, we wouldn't. Then, be sitting yeah, we, in would, we wouldn't be sitting in this chair. That's true. Um, so you know,
1: pinpoint was, um, man, you know, happy happy accidents are, are are really. That's not a really good way to describe a lot of things. I think that's a convenient way for people to encapsulate really hard concepts. You know, um, pinpoint was one of these things that was truly a labor of perseverance and dedication and. I guess, I don't know, just straight up hard headedness, uh, because this thing was a project that, that I believed in so strongly. And I had other people with me that, that we, we, we wanted to open a club. We wanted to open up a bar. We wanted to entertain and, and, you know, every single roadblock you could think of to stop us came in the way. And the more, I lost, and the more that, that I was punished essentially uh, for attempting to do this, the, the more I clamped down on it and said, Nope, I'm not going to quit. And then everybody else did, you know? Um, and and I was the man last man standing. Yeah. And then finally, finally, it happened. And, you know, much to a lot of people's surprise, they were just like, I, wow. And then, you know, here it is. Here it is, you know, uh, being in operation for, you know, just a, I mean, I want, I, I, it's weird with COVID because I want to say we've been open for two years, but we weren't open for two right. years. This first half of the year, just, you know, as long as it didn't count. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, you know. Oh. Yeah, so that's kind of how it happened. It was born of these weird ideas, and it evolved. It never had to do anything with pinball. Never had anything to do with that. It, it, it was originally supposed to be called Block Twenty Three, right? And it was supposed to be a basement speakeasy. And as it as the whole thing evolved, and things changed, and different people dropped out, I'm like, I got all this square footage. What am I going to do with it? So I married my <laughs> hobby of pinball. I was like, Well, maybe people will want to play these things. Oh, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it is a terrible, <laughs> a terrible idea. idea. It's a terrible but idea. But look at it. Look how awesome it's become. But it was, that was the happy accident, right. is that it was, uh, it was a terrible idea that everybody ended up falling in love with.
0: Well, I think that the, the re- part of the reason that you and I get along so well is because there seems to be this underlying uh, resonant energy of the underdog. And that's what this was. This, Like you said, it was a testament of perseverance. It was, you know, no. And like I said, yeah, it's a terrible idea. If anyone would come to me after all my years of being in the restaurant industry and said, I want to open a pinball bar. In a
1: town that has 33 bars within walking distance of them. It's not you gotta, a good it's idea. Gonna, you
0: get, I need a big cell. <laughs> you really need to drive it yeah. home. And, but here, here we are. And it's honest to God. It's one of my favorite places in Fayetteville. I think it, I think it epitomizes Block Street. It, gives, it pays this homage to... Our generation, as far as age-wise and how we came up on Dixon, for example, we've we've removed ourselves from that chronologically and just in maturity, but we still want to have fun, and that's what Block Street is to me. I feel like Block Street's like the adult Dixon, yeah, of Northwest and Arkansas.
1: For people that maybe not be familiar with Northwest Arkansas, you know, I think anybody in the hospitality can understand. Relating and anticipating your guests' needs and desires almost before your guest
0: does, right.
1: and that's kind of what we do. And that's why I believed in this idea is because you know I know Northwest Arkansas. I know. I think I know their residents a little bit more than some of them know themselves. I
0: think that's fair.
1: And you know, when you come into a town like this, um, exactly what you said. But some people didn't realize that until after the fact. But I saw it. Right. You know, and it's like, this is something that people need. And it's been humbling and amazing to see that even in this first, like, almost two years of operation, we are just has been accepted as this place that has been here the whole time. Right. Yeah. You know, you're, you're and, in the you're in the weave.
0: Yeah, yeah it's okay. crazy. Yeah. So and I think that's all of that's just coming to this really perfect point that I want to bring up. And this is, I think, the discussion you know, I have both been trying to have um, in different ways. So, Pinpoint's here. You're, you're, you're vibing. Everybody's falling in love with you. You got your regulars. It's here. And uh, it's a grind, but you're having fun. Um, then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. So, just for the purpose of having the discussion, because I don't hear a lot of people, at least around here, talking openly about it, especially on our side of things. When I say our side i mean the hospitality spirits industry side of things Um, so let's talk about how that's had such an impact on business besides the obvious um, more specifically to the point of reopening and then how does that segue into the discussion that we really want to start having which is pushing it beyond that and talking about the general public's perception versus the hospitality industry's perception of how all this comes together and what it really takes to be successful
1: well, you're 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 kind of stepping on a landmine that exploded yesterday. Right. Uh, for anybody that knows me personally, <laughs> uh, you know, for people that are out here tuning into this podcast, and I'm a stranger, you know, in this community, I'm definitely not and a stranger. And so last night, I I, I made a decision um, because those of us in the hospitality industry, and you know, and and not just bartenders, all of us, every person that out there that there is their job to make someone else's moment in time yeah, better yeah. um what we do is we're we're magic makers we we, we are illusion creators mm-hmm. we are people that um want to make sure that no, no matter what you're experiencing that day be it you're you're celebrating a moment or you're you're commemorating a sad one mm-hmm. or you're you're processing struggles or you know you're just there. the amount of things that that people in our business have to navigate is is, is the full gamut of human emotion. Yep. And so what we try to do is we try to do it all with a smile. Right. You know, and we try to... Because it's not about us. It's about you. Yeah, I love it. And, yes, yes. And right now, with all of this COVID stuff, I think that we need to take that mask off. I think that we need to show people what it really is like yes you know to to do what it is we do because I was having this conversation the other day with a friend and it was about everybody appreciates a well-made cocktail everybody appreciates a fine dinner everybody pre- appreciates a, a, a concert that the the artist hit every note mm-hmm. like we appreciate
0: that we I went to to take it a half a step farther we appreciate a skeezy dive bar when it's random well. exactly like it's not I want to just be very clear that as he's sp- like what the points that you're making is it's you know you're kind of just being into like the nice parts of it, but yeah. that's not the point you're making. We appreciate we the appreciate moment. We appreciate the moment. That's right. We appreciate being able to go out and find the experience that we're looking to have yes. because we have it available
1: to us. And that's what we want. Right. And we crave it. And when we go out and we appreciate the product, but what we don't appreciate is the work right we don't appreciate the what happens after last call yes we don't appreciate what uh, all the prep work that went in before happy hour right we don't appreciate all the, the 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 sleepless nights and you know i have to send you know i know we have to reveal this but the, the drug addictions yes. and so the no, trauma yeah, we and we have to talk about it because that is what is behind this industry and that is the 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 you know when they say blood, sweat, and tears, they're all there. Yeah, for and, sure. But with our industry, we work so hard to hide that from our guests. Mm-hmm. And now. Because
0: it's what we're expected to do. Yes. It's part of the job. Like, I just amplifying your point. It's yes, a part that's, of it. That's part, it's what we're supposed to do. The problem is we've been led down the road that we're on for so long in the specific way that we have been that there's no way for us to distinctly draw the line between when we clock out and when we don't and in a lot of ways we drag that mask into our personal lives absolutely absolutely that's where a lot of the substance abuse comes in because we feel like we can't even show that pain or grief to the people that are closest to us and we have to mask it or numb it for ourselves because it's our job exactly
1: so and so with COVID, I think it, what we need to do is we need to blow the lid off that, you know, and it, it doesn't mean that we need to, you know, start coddling all of these people in the service industry and getting them therapy and stuff. But it's like appreciate the work. Right. You know, and, and just realize that, that, that there's more to it than you think. And I think information is
0: key, which is part of what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's been interesting to see from my perspective, given that my role in the, in the industry has changed in the last year. So I, I would have been in a wildly different position as we speak had I not transitioned into the sales the, in the uh, supplier side. I'm mm-hmm. um, fortunate, wildly fortunate. But that's not to say that it hasn't affected all aspects of the industry, between owners having to close, bartenders not having jobs. And you know the thing about it, a lot of people don't understand, is how insecure or, or infirm... A lot of us are as a as a, fact, a fraction of society. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, I pulled some stats because this is part of the conversation. Ooh, I it's love really, numbers. It's really interesting to me. So, uh, from 2009 to 2019, 10 year study, um, the hospitality industry in the United States. Increased from 12.9 million people to 16.7 million people on a study, it's just a nice steady climb. Yeah, that's a 30% increase. So, I have
1: an interesting anecdote about that number, and it's another conversation. I know you got some more stats, but. But and, and this is another point that i've been trying to illustrate in my personal life to people is it, it, you you go back and you look at the industrial revolution of the united states and you go back and look at the the, the american dream the factory worker the blue collar person that was the the bread and butter the salt of the earth that right. what, what made america great right if you want to use that <laughs> damn slogan <laughs> what made america great was the blue collar worker, and right. we got rid of all those jobs. Yep. As we transitioned into this technology age, we didn't need those manufacturing because we demanded cheaper or whatever goods, yep. and we shopped those out, right? But as we transitioned into a luxury dependent age, those jobs never went away, they just they changed. Yes. They changed into this, these people in the hospitality sector. Do you? And the numbers are right there. They're right here. And instead of celebrating and appreciating the work like we used to do, now we're just like, well, what's your drink special? Yep. I know it's COVID, and it's yep. like the special is we haven't gone out of business yet, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, the special is I'm here. Yeah. You know, yep. and
0: and and appreciate the work because we're the guys down on the front lines. Right. So to that point. 16.7 million, which is where we were sitting as of the end of 2019, mm-hmm. constitutes 5% of the United States population. Now, think about that. And this is and I want to be I want to be clear here too. This is not counting undocumented laborers. Mm-hmm. That's a, big, yeah, that's a asterisk. big asterisk. So, we're working with 5% of the population of the country, but we're the most pervasive industry in the country literally almost every single american interacts with a member of the hospitality service spirits or leisure industry every, every single day every day and here's another thing to your point there
1: is you know i know people are saying five percent five percent that's the ones that are on paper on paper and there's a thing about this industry that a lot of people don't want to talk about and a lot of people don't want to acknowledge but the community and the consumer put us here and it's a lot of these people get paid under the table a lot of these people get paid in cash a lot of these people are off the books a large fraction of my professional career could be attributed to similar situations and
0: i would put money that that five percent is closer to ten easy oh one hundred percent easy I mean, if you even just talk about the, like, if we, I don't, and I don't know them offhand. I didn't even think to look them up. But if you talk about the number of undocumented workers that they suspect are in America, there's a large fraction of them are, that are blue collar, industrial, agri. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a massive percentage of that. But to pretend that the number that's not in food service isn't massive as well is a fallacy i'm not going to name any names here in this podcast but i could
1: list a list of probably 30 people that i know just Easy. not even thinking hard right that are they're not illegal immigrants they're not anything like they're this undocumented they're workers.
0: undocumented workers uh because minimum wage doesn't cut it right oh wait but min- minimum wage that's the hospitality industry standard right as oh. a server you make minimum wage at least right Oh, of course <laughs>
1: of course we do and so some of these people have to be undocumented ju- undocumented just to make right a living wage right.
0: and they I you know not to name names as well I know I know plenty of situations where people uh, fix hourly rates they they put people in positions to make the decision between um, a study increaseable paycheck or less than you can afford to live on yeah. um, and how many of us have like I, I for a solid decade, at least 10 years of my life, I worked at least two jobs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We all work more than one job. <laughs> What's one job? Right. Like, it's the, uh, like, that's a, it's that like, doesn't make any that's like, that's retirement, right? Yeah. That, that's, that means you're 60 and you're bartending those three slow shifts a week. That's right. You've that's, got the established happy hour <laughs> shift. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. You've made it. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's, it's an industry, it's an industry of convenience demanded by affluence provided by the infirm that that's um neglected by everybody like we yeah most of the hospitality industry don't have retirement um they don't have savings they don't have the extra income to make investments they typically don't have health uh, health insurance or any kind of health care um but if we didn't exist Oh, there'd be, there'd be a riot. There'd be, it'd be. And you
1: know what? You want to know the twisted part of it? Those people are the best tippers. Oh yeah. Those people are the ones that support and donate to charities. Absolutely. Those are the ones that'll bring you a hot meal at the end of a shift when they know that you're having trouble. Those are the people, the people that have the least end up giving the most.
0: And I think that that's a big reveal that it's in my experience in the God, thousands of interactions that I've had over my career, those that come from the hospitality industry um, tend to stay there more so because they have a heart of service than they do extenuating circumstances keeping them there. Absolutely, they love what they do, and typically they end up getting really good at it. And they don't have a calling for medicine or, um, you know, law or. Pick another profession that requires a heart of service. And the thing is,
1: is, uh, you know, and this is what frustrates me, especially now in this post or not even post during covid world, is that people look down on these jobs as if they are unskilled. Right. And what you were just talking about <laughs> illustrates that this is a skill. Oh yes. And there are a lot of people that can't do it. Yes. It's like I know plenty of well-paid doctors and lawyers that you put them you put them in one Saturday night Done. and they will be crying yep. in the corner. Because yep. they can't handle what it is these people handle every day, mm-hmm. you know, and that is a skill set, and it is an important skill set. And the crazy thing is, this is the doctors and the lawyers are the ones sitting across from us getting served. Right, like that's the thing that that blows my mind about the interconnectivity of this career path and this industry and in hospitality is that we interface and are such a huge part of the people at the tops' lives. Right. But then we are so undervalued
0: in their world. Well, and there's something to be said there, too, about the whole idea of, you know, bars closed and every, they're like, I know people, that are like uh, beside themselves because they don't know what to do because they can't go to their place that they go every day for a beer after work or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're the, like, the, the, we are the people that facilitate that. And what I said, I, I feel like there needs to be a point made here because I, I feel like we're inadvertently taken on a tone. This isn't a matter of classism as as we may seem to be presenting it it's just a matter of perception in the sense that those those that have and want don't necessarily understand what it takes to get what they desire and that's where we're trying to draw distinction and maybe offer a, a glimpse behind the curtain um yeah so you know i, I think that there's there's conversations on both sides of that line so generally speaking if you were to put it out there in the world some talking points with regards to how as a consumer or as a guest in a hospitality establishment um one could improve or be more mindful or uh gain different perspective from the the consumption of their experience and maybe grow an appreciation for what goes behind the production really andy this is something that 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 i think You know,
1: again, going back to my pulling the mask off uh, and kind of where I think we need to go as a population, I think that it's not just appreciating and being a better guest. It's just being a better person. You know, you can if you if you want to appreciate and, 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 and be a better patron to the hospitality industry, pay attention. Right. Open your eyes, not just to them, open your eyes to the world, you know, just open your eyes to everything around you that, that, that you may take for granted, because I think that's that's the part of the problem, yeah. is we take our luxuries for granted, and, yeah. and if we if we start kind of appreciating these luxuries, and, and you know, I don't want to jump into a humongous other giant pickle of, you know, philosophical waxing that we might end up getting into, but check your privilege, you know? <laughs> And, and, and that doesn't just apply to right. what it's applying to in the moment. That, uh, check your privilege yeah. all across the board yeah. because that is a part of the problem on so many levels, not just in the hospitality industry, not just in, 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 in social change, not just in economics. It's a part of the problem in so many aspects of the, the, the sort of slow erosion of. Of community yeah well you know? that,
0: that's a great way to tie it into in this like the, the idea of community so i feel like part of the problem and now <laughs> i love to hate social media <laughs> um
1: as we record a podcast for ex- social media, exactly so there's <laughs> there's this
0: strange paradox of hypocrisy that i'm sitting on as i say this but in in general i find it to be the root of a lot of the problems that we experience in our society and in our day-to-day um and i think that part of that comes from and to speak to your point about this this sense of entitlement uh, that doesn't necessarily have to be defined is that we live our we live our lives day-to-day kind of in this strange echo chamber of like-minded people mm-hmm. because what do you, you don't generally speaking if you look at your friends list you know you can and pick a platform it doesn't matter It doesn't matter you can pretty much define the edges of your uh, moral compass your political stances your artistic likes and dislikes like you know and even our ads now right echo our
1: interests right you know and so every bit of that experience is tailored to your horse blinders
0: right yeah yeah you live in a world of your own bullshit Mm -hmm. and so i feel like some of this entitlement comes from whenever everything seems to be hunky dory you just get to constantly consume the things that you like and dispel the things that you dislike. But as soon as a wrench gets inter- introduced to the gears of this whole system that you live in, anyone that disagrees with you or disapproves of something that you hold dear or yeah. like is suddenly an enemy. It becomes the enemy, yeah. We are living in this really strange, perfect storm of cancel culture and um, identity politics and... There's just a lot of stuff going on that has given us the opportunity to put ourselves in a position to think that what we think is the absolute truth, and anyone that opposes us is probably absolutely wrong. And you know, I'm 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 glad you said that because it it
1: it, it opens up this thought that I've always held dear. I mean, I I I, I use social media. I'm not, a, you know, I'm on on the facebooks and the instagrams and the snapchats and all the things that the cool kids are doing, except TikTok. Screw that, right? Um. But you know, I stay connected, and I'll never ever delete someone just because they say something that I don't th- I don't approve of. because it's like I want to understand this person. and why why did they think why? Right. What about their world that ha- they've crafted that this seems right? And I'm curious and I want to know, and I want to figure out how to bridge that gap instead of just curating my environment because here's the thing that you can learn about or from the hospitality industry is that person behind the bar that person in the kitchen that person on that stage at that moment in time is not looking it is serving you right they're going to come and 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 give you that pour of scotch with a smile they're not going to delete you they're going to go um excuse me can I know your political preferences oh well then you I'm you not don't get this. you don't get this beer right. you know and it's and it's a part of the things that we do as providers mm-hmm. is where we're like hey look you need this, and we're we're bringing it to you. Yeah, and I mean, it just so
0: also helps that they're buying a good and service. But but but, but, but there there is more to it than that. that. Well, that, I think there's something to be said there too, in the sense of the the other buying a good and service. But that's almost explicitly second nature to the second nature to the purpose of being there in the first place. Yes, like, you can go buy that good at mm-hmm. another store in bulk, take it home, and do whatever you want to with exactly. it. Exactly, you are coming out to get that good from me. Because you like the way I give it to you or and you like the room that you're sitting in or the music that's playing or whatever. So it's not even, you know, to your point. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but it's you're
1: there for the experience. We, we craft the atmosphere. Exactly. You know, and, and I've said that a lot in, in other in other um, ways lately with the media is that we don't sell you a pint of beer. That's not what we're selling. no. We're selling you an atmosphere. We're selling you an escape. We're selling you an experience. That's what you pay for when you walk through any door. I don't care if you're the shadiest dive bar in Portland or you're the fanciest cocktail bar in New York, Manhattan. It doesn't matter. We're we're selling you the exact same thing, and that is that feeling you get the moment you walk through Mm -hmm. those doors and the feeling you carry out of those doors. That's what we sell. And COVID has really put that in jeopardy mm-hmm. for a lot of these places.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, well, and I, I want to backtrack half a second, too, because we started talking about social media and, like, interaction with it. And I I should probably eat some crow on this in the sense that. <laughs> How do you like your crow, oh, sir? Man, just, um, would you like it medium-rich? <laughs> I'm, I'm the world's worst when it comes to social media. And a lot of it's because I try really hard to engage in dis- discussions that are never going to be productive in a term-based text only format Mm -hmm. um which is part of it's a big big reason that i wanted to start this podcast is because i feel like we've fallen away from this idea of having a conversation wherein two people can sit across from each other and have a conversation even if they disagree on the most fundamental things but there's still something to be learned and there's still something to be had there um given all the social turmoil that we're experiencing. And like, here's the thing. I want to be clear on this too, is I feel like we're kind of dancing around it. And I know that neither of us are trying to for the purpose of dancing around it. I just think that it's a different conversation and we're focusing on a specific topic at the moment. But between COVID and the lockdowns and then the murder of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter protests and the riots and the looting and the political unrest and the craziness that we're experiencing in the world right now, Um, I feel like it set us all up for different types of um, disillusion. I've learned so much about myself in the last month. Um, there's, There's things about the world that I did not understand the way that I should have. There's things about my history as a person, my history as a citizen of this country that I did not understand the way that I should have. Um, and that coupled with this strange social setting that we've been in for the last you know, three, four, five months, depending on when you got furloughed or when you had to shut your business down, it's, it's created a strange disconnect wherein we're not able to come together over topics and have good discourse because we're not used to being together at all anymore. And I take that a whole step farther on top of the 10 years that we've been distancing ourselves in a strange technical uh, or digital way anyway. So, you know, I'm really glad you mentioned that,
1: Annie, because before I owned a bar and before I worked in the film industry and before I had a non-profit and hey, I bet somebody's calling us right now going, (laughs) hey, are you guys open? open? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, no, we're recording podcasts about the end of the world. Um, And you know, before of all all that, you know, I've always been a philosopher. I've always been a lifelong learner. Mm -hmm. I believe in lifelong learning. Like the first step in in, in enlightenment is knowing that you know nothing. Right. And you know, that is something that uh, even as a child, I've always followed that i've always been that guy and i think that with the increase in technology and the dependency on it in our lives human beings have always been amazingly innovative because we're always fascinating with learning right now we don't have to learn everything's right there we've stopped learning yeah and you know everyone's like oh we're we're the smartest we've ever been it's like no we have access to the most information that we've ever had but we're the dumbest we've ever been because we don't think we need to learn anything because if we need to know it we'll just say okay google tell me about this so people don't know anything and 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 the ability to have the desire to access and process and digest and consume information is something we've all lost yep. because we all have have gotten comfortable feeling that it's going to be out there for us if mm-hmm. we need it. And the thing about that is a lot of things aren't going to continue to be out there unless people take responsibility and, and empower themselves to do it. Right. And, and that's what troubles me is because We got to keep learning. We got to keep understanding our world. We got to keep understanding each other. Otherwise, all of this is going to crumble. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and that's a whole bigger thing. Like it is. now, I'm turning into a philosopher. Well, no, and that's bartender you... <laughs> philosopher.
0: Well, that's a th- I mean that. Well, that just it, it, the a, bartender poet it, from cocktail. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, but that's 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 one of the funny parts about being behind the bar for as long as I was in this. Like, I, I'm not a philosopher. I studied it. I enjoy it. I've read some. I enjoy reading more. Um, I fancy deep thought, um, but I'm no expert on anything. I have no right to be postulating anything no you it, it, have every well, right to be it, postulating any more your, yeah. right, any more right than anyone else to WK, be okay gotcha. um but a lot of the a lot of the way that i see the world is dictated by that time behind the bar being someone's mm-hmm. therapist someone's punching bag someone's you know celebrating uh, celebration partner or whatever like i i was exposed to so many different things but to your point of you know the the knowledge and chasing it um we, I think we as a society, I think that, set, that kind of parallels in the sense like, we get that from work. Mm-hmm. Most everybody in the world gets that in the palm of their hand. Yes. They, they get to say, oh, well, I've been following this person that lives in Brazil, and so I feel cultured in that, or, you know, what have you. And just like they, I stopped seeking knowledge for a relatively good period of time, that I, and I just didn't even realize it. It wasn't... Well, a, and, and that's the, the thing about it, is it sneaks up on it you. It does. Because, you know, that's the
1: thing about... Um, You know, uh, going back to my bartender philosophies here, uh, is that I believe in human inertia. And, you know, inertia is a basic principle of physics Mm -hmm. that says an object will, uh, you know, remain in motion until uh, an 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 opposite force, like, and and then it will stay at rest unless another force push. I mean, it's, it's, it's physics like high seventh grade physics right but human inertia is no different you look at people in the world you look at people that are on their feet go go going and they will continue to go 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 people that work jobs that keep them on their feet what do they do when they go home they usually stay on their feet yeah people that work jobs that they sit on their ass in a cubicle all day what's the first thing man i had a rough day i need to keep sit on sitting on my couch yep. you know and, and that human inertia um is is something that i that i think that is so powerful and nobody realizes it and so what i try to encourage people to do is is get that push and, and when you feel like you want to go sit on the couch or when you feel like you've had a long day or you're like, well, my 9 to 5 really drained me, make an effort yeah. to keep going. Yeah. It's just like going to the gym. Yeah. Most people that go to the gym, they're like, well, I either have to go right when I wake up or right when I get off work. Otherwise, I'm going to never go. I'll never go. Yeah. And so keep capitalizing on that inertia because if you keep going on it, then, you know, your potential is going to grow exponentially.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I can, I can speak to that from experience for sure. It's so easy to get knocked off track or you know hit a wall like Mm -hmm. to speak to your point of inertia like i this idea has been in my head for months and two or three times i got to a spot where i didn't know what to do next and so i just stopped because i didn't know who to turn to or what to ask you know look where to look or whatever um and then i bumped into you one night (laughs) oh Um, boy sorry (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i it's uh I keep looking at these notes like I give a shit about what I wrote down today. I just it's everything's so weird and complex right now and it's it is it's, What uh, are you Let's read from no, your notes. No. Well, I mean, hell let's, to hell with the notes. I mean, don't uh, get me wrong. There's things here like, you know, Let's do it. Let's do Well, notes. I think to the to the point of like what can we be better? Uh, how can we be better consumers? Um I I like how you short stopped that with we can be better people because that's you know in my head, I saw, it, and it's just a testament to how you keep me on my toes. In my head, I saw you starting to come at this from a um, like a pragmatic advice to a to a person. Uh, fresh to Fayetteville, like they just moved <laughs> to the city, and like, well, here's how you can support Both us. counts,
1: concierge.
0: Yeah. Um, but I think there's some other things, like obviously, yeah, be a better person is a. That's a big, yeah. Let's just do that. What if we were better people? Then maybe we could be then, better consumers. Then everything
1: else, everything falls just into place. falls into place.
0: That's that's. So someone asked me last night. They said,
1: "What's the solution?" And I know that this is going to sound so cliche. It's going to sound like an after school special, and then a star is going to streak ahead and say, "The more you know." Yeah, I bet you can. Is it be
0: the change you wanna see?
1: No, oh, it's okay. I did say that too. <laughs> but no. It was the magic is in you the whole oh time. My
0: God. It's good though. It's inside. I mean, and it's and it's
1: true. You don't need a cartoon cat. Yeah. Like you don't need OG. Read more to come up and <laughs> and tell you that it's in a book and in your heart. You don't need any of that shit. What you need is you just need to like the Michael Jackson lyric. It's like you know, uh, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself right. and make the change. Yeah. Like it's the man in the mirror. Yeah. He's always been there. Yeah. And you know that's where you got to start. You can't, and that's a, a, another thing about the lifelong learning and the being a better person, the being a better customer. Is so many people want to look to someone else to do it first, right? Or do it for them? Put in the work. The convenience. Put in the work. We're so convenient oriented now. We ne- we're looking to the bartenders. We're, we're looking to the people that right. serve us the the experience we need. But guess what?
0: You got to do it. Let me. Uh, here's here, I got a. A little quip I want to put on the end of that. Mm -hmm. If you really want to look at the bartenders and ask them how to do it, give them the damn keys. Yeah. I know way too many bartenders that are far overqualified to the people that tell them how and what to do. And if they would just give the bartenders the keys, they would have a much more successful operation and successful business, a better PR and you'd be surprised how
1: many bartenders that you've seen or been served by that have PhDs. Yep, they have master's degrees. Some of the most intelligent
0: that, people I've ever known in my life mm-hmm. never even got the degrees because they had a heart of service and they liked cocktails, so they became bartenders. Yeah, they didn't want to go through all that bullshit.
1: Well, and and you know, going tying this back into the hospitality industry, I think I know what you're getting at here with with, uh, you know, just systematic problems inside this industry is I feel, and this can be applied to any industry that if you're listening to this right now and you're you're sitting at your cubicle or you're at your real estate job or you're at your, you know, you're putting on your vest with your name badge to whatever big box retailer you're working in, I bet there's somebody in your workplace that feels like, or that you feel doesn't respect what you do. And I don't care what job you're in. And, you know, the thing about the the, the the philosophy of trusting in people and trusting in other people's expertise and believing and in, in investing in people is something I think we can start with in the hospitality industry and work our way up. Um, because I don't think right now people want to invest in no. others because they're too worried about themselves. Yes,
0: it's such a funny double-edged sword, right? Yeah. I'm the owner of a, a restaurant group, and I want to have the best um, – I want to have the best – Bar program in my chain of restaurants In the nation So I'm
1: going to hire the best bartenders in town And not listen to them Exactly You know.
0: I'm going to hire the best bartenders in town And I'm going to work them to death But I'm not going to make sure that they make a living wage I'm not going to offer them any kind of health uh, care opportunities uh, When they give me suggestions based on the 60 hours a week that they're putting in behind the bar While I'm only around for 10 or 15 hours I'm going to tell them they don't know what they're talking about And I'm going to do it the way that I want to do Because I'm only looking at my bottom line Yep newsflash bottom lines get improved when the people that work for you have the opportunity to feel like they're heard and respected and love their jobs dude Napoleon figured that shit out. That's so weird. And he right? didn't even have an iPhone. We'll digress, <laughs> and we'll come back to the part of doing the work. we will stop chastising everyone. Well, so do the work. Here's the thing. Well, think, here's the
1: things. I'm not. I don't want to chastise. Well, I don't, think,
0: I don't think we are. I, I just. And I, I just want to be very clear yeah. to those that are listening that yeah. like. There's that a lot. There's you. a lot of venom. I know that it feels like just a lot of venom coming out, but it's really just what. How. What.
1: I'm. I'm at 19 years. Do you know? Do you know how you cure a snake bite? You suck the venom out. Well, no, actual... The, the, oh, what, like the cure of the, actual, the cure like, is made with, with the, the venom. venom. Right, okay. And so, you know, it, it may seem like venom, but it's an just, inoculation right, here. just take it. We're, <laughs> we're giving you a lesser of this flu. It'll, it'll make you feel better. So that you can fight it from the inside, <laughs> man. You know, Uh, because you need to have a little bit of it to understand. Well, and I
0: think that's the thing. I think that's the thing. So we're talking about a group of people that consisted five percent of the entire population, but do or ten if you did the math. Ten if you did the math. But point being, there's so many that have never had that have never. I almost said had to. That's not fair. There's so many people that have never had the opportunity to work in the hospitality industry or never been drawn to it that don't honestly understand, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I
1: was honestly, Andy. I was one of those people. Yeah, I was one of those people until several years. I mean, I have always worked around it. Yeah. And it's different bit, once you
0: get behind the curtain.
1: And I always had this weird craving for it because yeah. I knew I would be good, good at, at it. it yeah. And 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 it's weird because I I had the the government desk job. My name was on a plaque on a door. I had an office. And my, my parents were proud of me and all that kind of stuff. I had health insurance and they're not anymore. You know, well <laughs> there was a period in my life where they were like, What are you doing? And I was like, Trust me. And, and but 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 now it was like because because I felt this need, I felt this desire. I was like, man, I'd be good at that. and, yeah. and so I'd always been an entertainer. I'd always worked around but I've never owned my own thing and I've never been on that side of it. And then I just dove right in and yeah. found out that I'm actually amazing at it right yeah and you're great um and and it comes from a heart service and i'll never go back to that other world it's
0: the worst isn't it it is it's i'm fortunate that i got into this line of work whenever i was 15 i've had other jobs in other industries i've tried and done other things i always come back to this because there's this strange freedom to it yeah that there's opportunity for it to be lucrative if you care um and you feel like if you do it with the right mentality you feel like you're giving something back to the world around you you, you feel, feel like, like you're, you're making a difference you're making a
1: difference well and there's something about this industry that I think people at home that have never worked in this industry need to understand and you know let's go back to the guy at the cubicle uh, or the 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 lady at the law firm or wherever whatever it is you do the you're, guy on the tractor and you're yeah and you're working on a big project and and you know sometimes there's a satisfaction that you get from a job well done, you know, at the end of a long thing. Everybody has that in whatever job they do. Mm-hmm. But for people in the hospitality industry, you get that every 20 every minutes. Yeah. You know? For a, you the instant gratification of making someone's day better mm-hmm. is is so rewarding on on a level that that no one can really truly appreciate until they've done it. Yeah. And uh and it's just like you kind of wish everybody could do it
0: for a yeah, second. No, well, I mean that that to that point, that was tendon bar at a place not far from here and a gentleman came in i I, he had to be in his mid-60s pushing 70 his dad had put in his head that pappy van winkle was the best whiskey he'd ever that he could ever buy and uh he was a blue-collar guy farming guy came in in his overalls with his wife um didn't even know how to order it. Didn't know what he wanted. He just, I think it was his dad's birthday. He just birthday. heard that that was the thing that I needed to I get. I think it was his dad's birthday. You know, obviously his dad had passed. And I think that he was just trying to commemorate his dad. And he didn't, he had saved, like he made a point to tell me he had saved up some money to come in and get one and whenever when it was all sudden done he got to go ha- he shared a dram of whiskey with his wife to commemorate his father's memory and then ended up spending a lot more money than he thought he or than he was expecting to because it happens because it's <laughs> happy and um anyway he he there was a moment at, at the transaction element of our exchange where he didn't feel like he was tipping me well enough and it's like, no man, like I don't even need a tip after all that. You came in and gave me this story about how your dad, this is something yes. about you and your dad. You that gave me this story. That was it. That I would was like the human it, exchange. Yes. Yes.
1: You know? Yes. Cuz cuz there's a difference between someone coming in there and making that human connection that is that is more valuable than any tip that you know, you're like, well, I don't have to tip yet. Dude, when you you Dude. run up, you, you do nine rounds of shots, and then you tip nothing, yeah. and you didn't even acknowledge the bartender existed. Right. No, that's not the same. That's the opposite. But you had this com- amazing experience. Yeah. And that's, that's those moments like that are why we do this. Yeah. You know, I, I think there you, you could ask any chef, any host, any wait staff, any bartender, if they had a story like that. And I guarantee every you every single one of and them does. And
0: hundreds of them. If you they've know? been in the I, game for a while, hundreds of them. I, I can, we
1: can do this forever. One of my favorite stories um, was, it was not necessarily a bar. Because, I you know, yes, I own this bar. But I've also done a lot of guerrilla art events. I've yeah. done uh, happenings. I've done all this weird kind of, I'm just the guy that likes to make. Things happen, and so I did a pop-up dinner down here, right? And it was seventy-five dollars a ticket. It was eight courses with uh, seven paired drinks. Jesus. I mean, it, dude, it was For a
0: seventy-five bucks.
1: It was a steal, and because we were doing something different, because this isn't a right. restaurant, right? You know, and we were we were doing this pop-up dinner. Um, and you know, I wanted it to be accessible because yeah. I know that they're like guided tastings or whatever. And they're 150, $200, whatever and worth
0: every penny. And
1: we had some people in the audience who were like, oh yeah, we go to all the tastings and all the things. And this is the best one I've ever been to. And it was only, you know, it's only $75. You should charge more. But that's not what made me happy. What made me happy is there, there was two guys that were sitting in a booth and we, and we mixed everybody up because that was a part of the art experience. We, you know, no we assigned you seating and you were probably going to sit with a stranger good because we we wanted to have that shared experience people should do that on their own accord more often more often oh my gosh you will open your eyes up to a whole new world but these two guys they were wearing hoodies you know a lot of people were dressed up you Mm -hmm. know because and they were wearing hoodies and they they at the first of the evening i spotted them instantly and at the very beginning of this evening they were nervous they didn't they didn't know any of these ingredients they didn't know and then. I, I kept making, you know, when I would speak to the audience about what they were about to taste and what they were, I would always make sure to come touch them yeah. and touch their table and be like, Hey, you know, and, and give it a little extra over there because I knew that they were a little uncomfortable and out of their comfort zone. And at the end of that meal, I came back over to him at the end of the whole thing. And I was like, how was it for you guys? Did you enjoy it? And he goes, man, I want to tell you something. This has been the most amazing meal and experience I've had. I, I Honestly, I can't even tell you at
0: pinpoint babe,
1: and, and, and to follow it up. And yeah. he goes, cause I had said something online to a, to a, an extent about, you know, what I do. And it's like, Hey, you know, if you, if you want cool things to happen, you got to support, you got to be, you know, whatever. And he says, man, I, I heard what you said on the internet and I'm sorry it took me so long to reserve my ticket, but I had to save up yeah a couple paychecks to make this happen because it seemed like it was that important, and I want to thank you. And I was like, dude, don't thank me. Right. I'm so happy that I opened yeah, your yeah, eyes yeah. to this world, but thank you. Yeah. Because nobody in this room is making me feel the way that he felt in that moment. Right. And that's what we do. Yeah, They could have been the only people that came that night, and it would have been a success. And it would have been a success. Yep. You know? And, and, and to, to your earlier point is how can you be a better customer? How can you be a better guest? It's that. Mm-hmm. You know, be appreciative. Just under
0: appreciate the work. Yeah. Well, and I, that, I think that's a, a, to your point of um, you know, just be a better human. That's a thing too. It As is. human beings, we should just be more mindful and appreciative of the y- world around us. You know I love movies, right? I heard that once. You know
1: I have I, I do my own podcast. I've been doing it for 15 years. I was going to make years. a terrible joke
0: about if we should intro this with Imperial March just because it's episode 1. <laughs> episode but 1. But then I thought we might get into some well, terrible quagmire about how terrible episode 1 oh, was. <laughs> it, cause it, cause it, we, yeah, you're about to you're about to turn into my podcast. Now.
1: <laughs> but but one of the things that ever since I was a teenager, I have followed You know, I I, I had this weird existential period of my life where I I did all these research in different religions and tried to find myself soul searching that we all do when we're younger. I I still do it. (laughs) You know, reading the teachings of every, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry, like (laughs) religious text you can get your hands on. But it all came down to one movie that is now coming back into the zeitgeist, and I have, it has been a guiding philosophy in my life for many, many years, and I'm so glad that people are now thinking it's cool again. I'm, but
0: I'm relatively nervous.
1: Be excellent to each other and party on, dudes.
0: Nice. Nice. That is it. <laughs> Bill is and
1: it. Ted, Wild Stallions, it is a reason that yeah. their music unified the planet. Yeah. Is because that's it. Be excellent to each other yeah. and party and on, party on dudes. dudes.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's it. It's good. That's easy. We can. We, should we make T-shirts? I think I have one. It just
1: it's just got the silhouettes and it's like be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. I like
0: that a lot. Well, okay. So let's start there as the as the uh, you know the the bullet point out to the world of guests and consumers that haven't been on this side of things that are trying to help us transition back into a world of some kind of normalcy after this all passes. Be excellent, be a better person. And ways that you can do that, I think, yeah. are uh, support local and truly. And what I mean by that be is authentic like, in your support. Yes. Like and I'm not telling you to, to come out on shop local Saturday for the savings or anything like that. And I'm also Come out on Who Cares Tuesday. Exactly. You know? And and that's and there's a, there's something to be said here too about, you know, finances is a thing, especially at this point in time. Everybody's Absolutely. had a hard time. Absolutely. This isn't saying go blow all of your extra money on things from local producers, suppliers and reta- and, and retailers and, and all that. I'm saying that if you have the opportunity to, especially with things of leisure, be it experiences, dining, uh, drink, um, you know, uh, products of leisure, um, I'm not saying that I'm going to, you know, defame you if you do your grocery shopping at Walmart. No. But... Hey, always low prices. Have, right? <laughs> but if you have the opportunity to, to support local vendors, do so, but do so
1: with intent. Because here, here's another thing, I'm glad you said that, is because, you know, when you really put a microscope on it, when people say that money's tight and things are hard, it, <laughs> And I, man this is going to be hard because I think a lot of people are going to and, and my you know everybody everybody's guilty of this It's never that hard yeah. to treat yourself cuz people treat themselves all the time All the time all the time, it's like that pack of smokes that you just say, bought. Did you just buy a pack of cigarettes? Did you just go? Did you just buy a twenty-six pack of Miller? Yep. Did you just upgrade your eighty-inch TV because you're at home all the time? Mm-hmm. Did you just, you know, there's a lot did of you, little things. Did you tack on that Hulu Plus so you yeah. can get the, the so sports could, channels? So you get the sports channels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things that we don't even realize that we're doing that are completely superfluous. We've yeah. gotten used to them. So what we're asking you to do is not necessarily spend even more money. Uh, on other superfluous stuff it's be mindful of the money you spend right and you know in in and 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 what we're asking you to do is be more mindful with that dollar. So it, make a little bit of a sacrifice when you're asking all of these businesses to reopen and make enti- entirely too many sacrifices just to be there for you if you think you might want it. Right. Then make a tiny little sacrifice and go, you know what? I don't need that extra pint of Ben and Jerry's tonight uh, for the same $4.95. I'm going to go, you know... Uh, d- just spend it in in a local fashion.
0: Yeah, go you know, to. Or, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to. Uh, maybe you're in Silom or you know someone on the Fayetteville side of the hill that has pure. Uh, is it Pure Joy? Pure is that Joy. Right? Yeah, yeah. Go get and it's delicious. Shout out to Pure Joy, downtown Silom Springs. It's so good, so and, good. And, and local
1: so, creamery. Go, go eat it. it. It's not about making you spend more it's about making you be mindful of what you spend right and so that's the ask I know a lot of people are like well
0: times are tough and it's like no shit so there, there's two points to be made right on the heels of that one yes times are tough but do you know what helps keep money in your pocket Supporting local economy. Yeah, Local economy is going to help keep things more affordable for you there putting more money in your pocket. If you keep giving all your money to the national guys, right. it doesn't come back because to Fayetteville. It's convenient. It doesn't come back to Northwest Arkansas. It doesn't come back to Arkansas as a state. Well... The biggest exception notwithstanding well
1: but inconvenience is free right you know and and I'm sorry that your favorite restaurant can't Amazon prime every thing that you like but here's the oh. thing here's the thing is is changing your behavior just a little bit going and waiting a little extra longer or being a little more patient is free um, yes writing a good review for a business that's struggling that you love is free yes. resharing something that's important to them on social media is free if you will reshare fucking tiger king links ad nauseum at home you can reshare a business's page yep. that's struggling yep. and it's just because you don't want too. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to
0: ask you know, people to do. It's it's a matter of priorities.
1: Prioritize.
0: Yes, and be authentic. Yes. about those priorities. Yeah, and and I I feel like I'm talking to myself. I feel like I'm listening to Bo's advice from me now. So just be be to be clear, this isn't because we're the, talking the, to the, the it, it's like, us. Uh, well, but the point is like other. I'm I'm that too though. I need to hear that. That's my point. Ever, I, that's, that's the point I want to say. I, I have wanna, to remind myself. You know, right, of it. We're, we're, this isn't us on the soapbox. As much as it is, we're this is this is system. This is systemic. We all need to do better at this. To the point of supporting local and, and being more mindful of where your money goes. You mentioned, you know, it, Amazon can't bring you your favorite. Another thing that we can do. When you support local, support local directly hmm If you're using a delivery service to get a local eatery delivered to your door, you are doing it wrong. Because here's the thing. Guess what? Getting in your car
1: and going there is pretty much free because gas is real cheap right yeah. now. Yeah. That's the thing. You, you think that you're helping that business by going, well, I'm going to get Uber Eats to go. You know what would help that business? If you drove your ass there, yep. showed them the face that you love and support them, and then... Cut out that big conglomerate yeah. that's stealing 30 to 40%. Well, and,
0: and that's the thing. Here's, here's the thing that I think a lot of consumers don't know about these third-party uh, delivery services. And I wanna, I'm not an expert about them, and I might misspeak. so forgive I you. am. Okay. Shit. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just – forgive me if I'm a little inaccurate. Look it up yourself is the point. If you uh, – have you heard any – you know, listeners, are you listening? Have you heard any of the terrible stories of uh, things that have been taken over by DoorDash, for example – like the Google, there's a there's a uh, article out there called Pizza Arbitrage. Read that. It's about a guy in New York who DoorDash effectively just started delivering his, his food for. They just they just uh, scalped all of his information off his website, created a listing for him. And th- th- this is a the thing they do. They they go and do this, and they deliver for you for a certain period of time. They show you all these successful deliveries and successful reviews, and they come to you and say, Hey, look what we've done. You can grow your business if you let us do business with you. Also, it's going to cost you a surcharge. No, you know what that is.
1: Yo, we're offering your protection down here, and if you want that protection, you're going to have to pay up, or Joey's going
0: to break your kneecaps on Yelp. And every single one of these has marks and marks and marks of negativity against them. They do it and it hurts the business. So if you're going to support local and you want it to come to your house, either be willing to get off your ass and go get it or deliver it from them directly if they offer delivery services. Because if you use a third party, you are hurting that business and inadvertently.
1: And you know, it goes back to the information's out there. Just like we were just talking about, about self-learning, the information, people are like, well, I had no idea. Look it well, up. show me that you care yeah. and go Take the time to read and find this information. If you care, seek it out. People ask me all the time. They go, Bo, how do you know all this stuff? And it's like, well, because I give a shit and I look for it. Right. And I want to make a difference. I want to be better. And so I go seek out the information because it's not delivered to me. Right. It's not delivered to Doordash. No. And and you know, when you, when you when you see that, like you're asking these businesses. To sacrifice and not just go the extra mile, but to go the extra three or four miles, right. and if you can go the extra one hundred yards for that business that you th- are supposedly caring about, that's going to mean the world, the world to those people.
0: Because, yeah. well, yeah, and to your point, like, first of all, my point was financially, but your point in the sense of like, name your favorite place. You've probably got a favorite bartender or favorite server. If that person happens to be working. You know, especially right now, while everything's kind of weird anyway, they might be the person that's helping package the delivery or the takeout yeah. or whatever. And they probably miss they them. might love the fact that you came to see them. And there's obviously people out there in the world that are doing this, but no, absolutely.
1: But you know, to 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 that point, um, I was talking to another local business uh, the other day, and despite even having like a socially distance event that was going on, despite it being Saturday night at nine o'clock, like peak hours for this particular business. Um, you know, we, we were speaking and he told me, I mean, it's just basically him and his wife running it now. Yeah. And he said that, you know, despite all the excitement and all the people that were so hype and all the, all the quote unquote support that was online, yeah. they were doing less than a 10th of what they'd normally do on a regular Saturday, yeah. you know, a 10th,
0: Online one
1: 10th. And so, you know, in this world, this internet world that we've created. Uh, like curated for ourselves, we're only showing the best successes that we all accomplish, like one tenth is not how things survive. No. I mean, you know, sure, if you're Walmart or sure, if you're, you know, some of these big companies, but even some of the big companies are struggling. Yeah, JCPenney's hurting bad. JCPenney's helping. AMC is thinking yeah, about going out of business. Yeah. Uh, Pier One just shut all, all their d- things down. Uh, Applebee's
0: is just, oh, poor Applebee's. <laughs> poor but, Applebee's. But, you and know. how many of our favorite people in the world got their start in the service industry at Applebee's? I love <laughs> To this day, I will drag friends to Applebee's. <laughs> and, well, I'm, dude. You want to go to Chili's on a Sunday? All day happy hour. Dude.
1: I'm a sucker. I'm there. Dude, I, I was one of those guys, people would be like, Bo, you're such a gourmet, you're such a thing. And I was nope. like, dude, those $3.99 mozzarella sticks yep. and that dollar hurricane. Yep. I am there for Applebee's. Yep. But I'm also the kind of guy that understands that 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 deal isn't sustainable. No. And so when I'm there, I'm like, you know what? Take I'll take good care of the people. I'll get that $12.99 filet. Yeah. Because how are you selling a fillet for twelve ninety nine? Sure it's gonna be rubber. But this is fun uh, we'll and, go we'll go sit at a chili's
0: on a sunday for oh, a happy hour hell yeah uh, all, i think it's like six dollar el presidentes five dollar apps all that like it's just ridiculous deals and we just always tip really well to the server Dude. because there's no way they're making money no. on that
1: i remember uh, there was a time at chili's that i went and i was i was not in a good place that day you know because sometimes as a as a, as a person that pours their soul into others when you have dark days it, sometimes you don't have a support system right. Sometimes you don't have So you have to be that That's why a lot of people The cups our, empty Yeah and that's why a lot of people In our industry reach for substance abuse Right And, and I, I'm thankful to to, to to say That that's never happened to me But I do My heart goes out to the people I've, that, I've been in that position You know A few times uh, And many of us have Yeah But I went to Chili's because chilies and you wanted uh, your baby back I, I wanted them, and so the 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 the, the my server comes up and I was like, "Can I get you anything to drink?" Because you know they got to upsell the booze, right? And and I was like, "You know, I do, but I don't really." You know what I want? I was like, "Tell your bartender," because I knew that the bartender would be would get would find this fun. I said, "Tell the bartender to make me the silliest, dumbest." <laughs> tackiest, over-garnished, stupid thing that encompasses his frustration with his job. And I don't care what's in it. I'll drink it. (laughs) And she's like, okay. And then she comes back and she brings me this giant chalice (laughs) that had like Swedish fish and pineapples and cherries and gummy worms. I don't even know where they got gummy worms. (laughs) And it was like, Pink and purple with a with a green float. Uh, my
0: stomach and, hurts right oh, now.
1: But I was so happy. And then she said, they've never laughed harder behind the bar than they did right now. And I, I drank that thing down, and I loved every drop. That's, thank you, Chili's guy. I didn't even get to meet that bartender, but thank you to that guy.
0: Man, I got a soft spot for Chili's. I worked for Chili's for two years back in the day. Um, and then there's I think there's one more point that I wanted to make to the idea of how we can be better – Consumers, and this one is for me, just as much or more than for anyone else that might be listening, is to be more mindful and support inclusively. Um, Because in a lot of the conversations that have come to light in the last couple of weeks, it's become obvious to me how ignorant I am to um, any of the black or people of color owned businesses Mm -hmm. in this area Mm -hmm. um and i know there are i know there are several i know there are plenty i just have never made it a point to know where they are um so i'm i'm issuing this as a challenge to myself as well as anyone that may be listening whenever you do decide who to support in the community make decisions based on inclusivity don't just decide who you're supporting because of because something's cheaper than somewhere else right or because you know so and so's friends dad's uncle told you to go there
1: well and and that's another thing is you you know people have tried to to figure out and think that they know how this industry works and they don't and you know when you're choosing and you're making your choice based off the lowest common denominator you're hurting the you're hurting your your locality and your community and so you know i think the best you know a lot of people you know i know we don't want to go super super long but I think this is something that a lot of people, and I wish that maybe we had started with this instead of ended, got it close to the end with this. Is people ask like, "How do you become a regular?" Like I see regulars, and and like they get that VIP treatment, and how 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 do I get on that level? And <laughs> and it's not hard. <laughs> no. It's it's be kind, giving a shit yeah. about who's here, yeah. who own. Just like you said. Be inclusive. Understand who's behind this business yeah. and what, they, what they're what they doing because, you know, and you will be welcomed into that family yeah. so quickly. And, you, you know, when you find out who owns, it's a personal touch to your community mm-hmm. when you give a shit and you connect because you're never going to connect with your local uh, Pier One right. or JCPenney's. Yeah. You know, sure that they got the the, the BOGO blue jean sale, but <laughs> you can connect with your local hospitality right. places right and your even some of your local sh- like re- re- boutique retailers shops too. absolutely yeah, yeah yeah and you can you can get dialed into that and and so yes maybe something might cost a little bit more but the
0: feeling that you get when you shop there is so much more rewarding Whoa. and there's something to be said too about you know we touched on this sense of entitlement earlier If you develop a relationship with those local vendors, retailers, uh, hospitality hospitality establishments, whatever. Guess what? We're going to hook you up. If you say, you know, I really like this thing, and we know you because we see you twice a week or however frequently you're able to get in, and you request that of us, I guarantee you, if it's possible, someone's going to try to offer you that service because they appreciate that you come in and you're a patron and that you've gotten to know them and that you've expressed if this was available, I would keep supporting you and support you that much more. You take care of us. We'll take care of it's, you. Yeah. Scratching backs. It's all because, it is.
1: Cause guess what? Walmart's not going to take care of you. Exactly. You know? Well,
0: and here's the thing I, I've, I've in the last couple of years come into this weird, um, uh, worldview of, of facilitating relationships. Right. Mm hmm and i'm not perfect on it but i try to i try to conduct myself in a way that if there's an opportunity for us to develop a relationship that takes precedent in the sense of you know here's a great example old wolf barbershop opened not long ago it's been over a year now i forget the date but i had for years grown my hair out or been kind of shaggy or whatever i decided i was ready to, you know keep a haircut so i went to the guys across the street mm-hmm. the guys at crown they're the ones yeah, they've got the reputation right uh, they've also got the reputation of being packed and they were, were as i figured they would be no fault to them um but i'd made the decision and damn it i was getting my haircut that day so i go in and, I, and the guys are packed and they apologize and they're very kind about it but i asked them i said listen if if you guys barbers needed a haircut today and you walked in like i did where would you send me to go get lined up and they said oh shit you know what Ike, he just opened up Old Wolf. I think it was day two of they had been open. Yeah. So they sent me across the way. I'll never, like, I have no reason to suspect I'll ever go to another barber ever again. Yeah. But it's because Ike and I developed that relationship. And Ike takes good care of me, and I take good care of him. And every chance I get, I tell somebody, hey, it's you're, oh, exchange. you're looking for a haircut? Go over there. It's a, facil- it's a facilitation of relationships. And if people, if we, as members of this society, of members of this community that we're trying to maintain some level of, would treat every interaction with another human being as if we needed to develop a relationship with them, a lot of this turmoil would start to subside. Would just go away. It'd go away fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that it's only fair that we flip this to the other side just briefly, too, because we don't need to punch these holes into the SIP of things. Service mm-hmm. industry personnel kind of get this, but there are notes that I made that I needed to hear over different periods of time in my career. And one of them is how we can kind of help pull this mask off and, and maybe establish a different type of relationship with our guests moving forward is, um, you know, it's never, first of all, it's never about you. And that's something that took me too many years to, to come to grips with. Um, if you're in the hospitality industry and your job is, um, front lines, it is never about you and you have to keep that on your face. Oh, and it's something you have to tell yourself every day, every, day. every day because it's really easy to forget. Karen's exist. Sorry for anyone named Karen that's and not a Karen. And Karen's are important too. Karen's are important. But every now and then you're gonna have this Karen that crosses your path. <laughs> And she's going to... Every now and then. You talk about every Saturday. <laughs> she's going she's gonna, to she's gonna demand of you inconvenience or special treatment or there's going to be a problem with the menu description or what have you. If you can keep in mind in that trying interaction that it is not about you and it is about them, you have the opportunity in that interaction to offer them the chance to change their behavior. Mm-hmm. And then the next time they come back, maybe it's not the same type of exchange. All of that notwithstanding. It doesn't matter. You give them the opportunity you to give grow. give them the chance to grow. Yeah. It's not about you. As soon as you clock in... Don't block them. Yeah. As soon as you clock in, it's not about you. Nothing that's going on in the world from the time you clock in to the time you clock out is about you. It's just about the people that you're there to serve. Hospitality people, we try to kill them with kindness
1: all the time. All the time. And it's what we do.
0: Another thing that I think is important for hospitality people to find their voice in is that there are certain... Ti- like. Okay, You need to be communicative and steal your emotions. S T E L. There's I in all of my time of management, there were so many times where someone had something personal going on and they just could not be there. I get it, but if you can't be there, don't be there. You're gonna be better off not being there. In the sense, and let me clarify. Say you've had some terrible tragedy occur and you feel that you've got a shift that night and you feel like you need to be there. You know. That if you can't keep it together, you're not going to be able to serve your people the right way. They're not going to be able to tip you because your service is going to be off. You're going to end up not making as much money as you needed to. And you're also putting yourself through more emotional turmoil. You need to take care of yourself. So if you have this thing pop up, wherein either it's tragedy and you need to call in for a shift or say something happens mid shift, say it's a bad interaction with a guest and it spikes your emotions. That's acceptable, but not visible you can't be visible about it it's acceptable to have those emotions but you can't be visible about it so in that sense you need to learn your voice and know that sometimes it's appropriate to go and tell the right person that you need a minute whatever that might mean yep remove yourself if you're hot you can't be on the front no you can't can't. you've got to step back and i and i've i've been on good and bad sides of that there i've
1: had i'm on the bad side of it right now right you know i mean this whole week i've been just keep your mouth shut yeah, I know. I know. Just... all right um, thanks for tuning into this podcast everybody <laughs>
0: um but uh, i've been i've been in times where i got i let my emotions get the best of me and, and then i allowed it to become a, a worse situation than it ever needed to and in retrospect if i would have sought some support in that moment we could have remedied the entire situation much better conversely i've been in situations where I, I'll tell a story. There was a time I was slinging drinks in Jonesboro, and oh wow, what yeah. a thriving bar scene. <laughs> yeah, in you should be, you Jonesboro. should go. You should go. Okay. It, it actually is now. Oh, right. This was ten years ago. Oh wow, there okay. was nothing there. Um, we had just opened a bar downtown, and I don't remember exactly what it was. If it was like a town, like a town festival type thing, or if mm-hmm. it was uh, St. Patty's Day or what, but we were inordinately busy, like just crazy busy way earlier in the day than normal. And the crowd we had were not being very gratuitous. Um, as, and, they tend, as they, they tend sometimes. to be sometimes. Um, but this had been like it, me and one other strong slinger had been just going nonstop for like two hours, hour and a half, two hours. Um, the crowd was getting ever more demanding. And we kind of had a half a second to pause and realize that there was nothing in the tip jars, nothing, not, not, not a single, not a fiber, nothing. Um, and, one of us kind of thumbed through the uh, credit card slips, which I don't advise doing mid shift. No, we no, were very don't do we that. were very frustrated. In retrospect, this did not make anything better at the time, but um, we just we realized that we were not making any money and we were killing ourselves. We were running, um, and this was like I said, a couple hours earlier than the usual rush for the day. The rush was going to continue throughout the day. It wasn't going to be an easier day, um, and we just weren't feeling the love. And so I started getting testy, and I made a comment to a guest. And they kind of received it well um, and surprised. And then my partner did a similar thing. And then we kind of met in the middle of the bar and had a quick discussion. And we decided that maybe they just didn't get it. And what I mean by it, remember, we're in Jonesboro. We're 10 <laughs> yeah. years we're ten years yeah. ago. There was not a scene. Um, being able to go out and have a drink in, you know, the day on a Saturday at a public bar, especially one that had a balcony overlooking the street when all the things were going on. This was new. Um <laughs> And if you're not used to going out, you're not used to the kind of social ag- agreement that we enter in whenever you go into it does, a bar. There's it a bit does of a social agreement. Practice, you got yeah, you, know? you got to get used to. It. And I'll also be fair that the crowd we're dealing with was probably like, I'd say the median age was like 24. All young kids, young drinkers. Yeah, they're still learning. So, me and my partner decided just to post up on the back bar. We both put our asses on the back bar, and we didn't move. And we let the bar fill all the way back up, people with empty drinks and empty beer bottles, until someone finally said, Why aren't you all serving drinks? And it just sounds like it was a long, drawn out process. It only took a couple minutes. Yeah. But and we know fin- it only takes, a couple, it takes minutes, a couple yeah. minutes. But we finally said, Listen, we're not trying to be we're not trying to be dicks, but we've been humping for you guys, and we're not seeing any love. And a conversation started, and within a couple of minutes the entire bar had kind of gathered up around us as we were explaining that we're only working for $2.30 something cents an hour plus tips, meeting at least minimum wage, but no guarantee for anything more. Nope. And we felt like we were really giving them great service and they just weren't reciprocating care. We felt bad at the end of the day because everyone over tipped so much. Well, and, and, and that goes back
1: to something we said an hour ago. Is information Information. is everything. It's opening your eyes to something that you think you might understand, but don't. Yeah. And and, they didn't know. They honestly didn't know. And and that's what I try to approach every person. That's why I don't block people with different opinions. Going back to 40 minutes ago when we were talking about social media, this is all full circle here because sometimes all it takes is meeting in the middle and going, Hey, did you know this? Right. And they go, Well, no, I didn't. Holy crap. Right. And then you can connect as humans it's because you see each other in a different way. And that is so important in this industry. Going back to what I said about the the Industrial Revolution and the backbone where we, we, we appreciated those workers. Right. And we saw them and we lifted them up. We need to look at these people as important. We're the new Rosie just, the Riveter. Yeah, instead of just servants. Yeah, You know? And, uh, and I think that that's going to be a, a huge takeaway. Hopefully, if those conversations get, get started, you know, when I'm talking about the bar industry here, and it, especially in Arkansas, for those of you listening that aren't in Arkansas, we have some of the most antiquated liquor laws in the entire country. And we're still like 40% <laughs> dry, something like yeah,
0: that? Yeah,
1: it's big. But the fact that, you know, when I tell a guest, that you know why why is my five my well $5 you know and, and and we have good wells here we we don't we don't use the cheap shit um and and I tell them I said uh you know guess what you don't know you don't know that, that I'm not allowed to buy wholesale. Pe- right. People just assume that I can go get a bottle of Makers for five cents or whatever right. they think that right, costs. Right. And I go, no, I have to buy it from the same liquor store as you do. I have to drive there myself. I can't get it delivered. And then I get taxed 30% every time I pour it out of the glass every two ounces. And they're like,
0: I had no idea. Yeah. And it's not that they were bad people. Right. It's just they just didn't know. And, well, they uh, got used to they got used to McDonald's. You know, they got used to. And there's a funny conversation that we can say for another time. But there, there's a funny correlation between the price of consumables mm-hmm. and health. Yeah. And they got part of our country as a, as, an, as a uh, consumership is that we've gotten used to sacrificing quality for value. Yep. And we think that that should apply to every aspect of our life, and that you can't. It's too multifaceted in this industry to make that true. You can't sacrifice quality for value. You can't. You know, I've said this a
1: lot. It's like there is really no such thing as 99-cent Taco Tuesday. There's no such thing as dollar beers. There's no no such thing as the $4.99 combo meal. Yes, you get them. Yes, you enjoy them. But it's not a sustainable model. And and a lot of people come in. I'm looking at people in the COVID era. Like, I was literally having... um, uh lunch this afternoon at, at, at a local um place that's you know struggling and um we were i was we were the only people out on the patio and it was really it was just a strange experience but then this couple came in and immediately disregarded the masks required sign walked up to the window that they built on their patio because they're not allowing guests inside and said hey you got any drink specials what's your cheapest beers killing me and i almost threw my table up yeah. and i almost said the special is we're not shut down right that's the special Here's but the it's thing. like
0: you have to educate those people well and uh, so let's make it easy right so let's take your favorite local space doesn't matter where it is and i'm just throwing numbers out there for generalization so don't want to try to apply this to anybody but take somewhere that offers a dollar drink special or a drink special in a certain period of time every single day of the week Monday through Friday or whatever Take everything off their menu except that, and they will shutter in a month. Eat, and, and if, if a month. If, if a month. I'm yeah. being I'm very I'm – I'm, I'm That's I'm, lenient. I'm, I'm, be, I'm being generous that yeah. they've got some savings. Yeah. And, and a lot of people don't – they, they don't think, think that. that. They go, oh, no, but we're there five days a week. I'm like, yeah, but what do you eat? Well, we – the you know, the drink specials and the happy hour specials. You're actually hurting that
1: company. Yes. And so you know that's 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 it goes back to what we we're talking about about education we need people to be educated that that those specials are there when times are good to try and get people in on slow periods right. so that we can get people excited about what we provide so that they'll come back during the, and the it regular gives period.
0: us a chance to develop a relationship it,
1: yes and so i uh, i think a lot of t- a lot of people in this this very convenience-based culture that we live in they think okay well they sell it for a dollar on tuesday therefore they're still making money at a dollar. Mm. No, that's what we need to get everybody to wake up about Mm -hmm. is we're giving it away for free on that day to try and hope that you'll come back and pay full price. But I think now that we have programmed the customer is always right mentality to believe that if it can be sold at that price, it should only be sold at that price. Newsflash.
0: And and, 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 and the the shitty thing is, is we built that bed. Exactly. And we have to lay down in it, but it's time to take the blankets off. And I was going to say, newsflash... The customer is not always right, and I'm sorry that that sucks to oh, hear. No, we gotta break that. But gotta- that's the that's the truth of it. I can't. YouTube. Get on it. Look up customer bitching and I guarantee you that I can pick that customer's argument apart 9 times out of 10 and that they were wrong. They're just entitled brats that are screaming and moaning because mom and daddy's not there to take care of it for
1: them. Well, and going back to the guy in the 9 to 5 grind. Are you always right at your job? Exactly. You know? Or do you can you walk into your boss's office and go, "Well, actually, Mr. Peterson, this is how this works." No. no. You're going to go, "Shut up and get back to your desk exactly. or you're fired." And it's like, "Why do you think that you can bring that shit into a world that you literally have no understanding on in a world that you have complete understanding on you mm-hmm. can't do it but in a world that you have zero understanding you think that you you're the rule of the roost, and we he- i mean we helped make that happen but we also need to figure out how to break it yeah because right now is such an important time where we cannot continue our old normal behaviors because we as an industry and we as consumers have dug things into a giant hole Mm -hmm. and if we don't figure out a way to get out i think people don't realize that people think that it's going to be okay Uh, and might not be and it might not be i mean i've just in my small community and i'm not even looking hard i can name 11 places mm-hmm. that have shuttered completely and not not places that were just kind of already struggling mm-hmm. successful places yeah. and i've
0: heard some names that i was surprised to hear pillars of this industry yeah. in, in our
1: area and and you know and and we have to figure out how to do better and we have to change this culture and we have to change our behaviors otherwise there's not going to be a culture to come back to
0: it's an interesting opportunity to look at this as a reset button more so than a catastrophe absolutely I think that's a cool spot to leave it. We're gonna have a lot more of these discussions.
1: Yeah, it's just going to be you and me talking about the world, right? Is this the new podcast? I think Is that so. It's gonna be? I'm not even
0: going to call any more guests. Like, you're the you're helping me produce this <laughs> just thing. Me. But it's just me and Bo talking about bullshit. Well, for anyone that doesn't know that's interested, where can they find you? How can they support you uh, in any and all of your endeavors?
1: Man, I'm everywhere. Um, every Monday night, I do a live podcast called The Drive-In Speaker Box. You can just Google that, The Drive-In Speaker Box. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on all that stuff. I also have a weekly television show on KNWA, uh, Fox 24. That's here locally. It's called Later with Jason Sewell. I rock. And co-host that show. Um, I also own this bar, Pinpoint. <laughs> I, uh, you know, you can catch me sometimes behind the bar. I'm always here on Friday and Saturday nights, without question. Um, and you know, uh, just there's, there. I mean, just. I mean, I hate to sound like a douche, but Google me. Yeah, like, give him a goog. Bow Counts. I'm, give him there's, a goog. There's only two of me, I think, in North America, and I'm the one that doesn't have baskets of babies <laughs> in my in my profile pic, so I'm the
0: other Bow Counts. The other Bow Counts. Yeah. Well, thanks for everything, man. And yeah, man. Uh, Thanks again for listening to a Neat Dram podcast. Um, I wanted to take a half a second while I had your ear to talk about the good work that we're wanting to do with this platform, and part of that is a commitment to using our platform as a voice um, – For positive community interaction And so every episode we're going to draw attention To something going on in the area that you can help support That has a positive impact on the community Um, This week I just want to show uh, Shine some light on Salsa for Change If you haven't heard about them Look them up Um, They were founded by Brad Harvey and Sonia Gutierrez Um, They donate One dollar from every jar of salsa That they sell to aid in nonprofits achieving To achieve their stated goals So uh, every so often they're going to pick another nonprofit and every jar of salsa they sell, they're going to take a dollar of it and help that nonprofit. Um, it's a registered salsa for is a registered benefit corporation within the state of Arkansas, which means that they are not nonprofit, but their success is predicated on creating a positive measurable impact on the community. And to that point. Their articles of incorporation actually bear that in mind and expressly state that they'll donate a dollar of every jar sold, period. So they're fantastic people. They're doing great work. Salsa is available in a Rojo and a Verde. Um, It's available at Ozark Natural Foods. And if you haven't been to the new location on Lafayette College, go. It's beautiful. It's going to be awesome. Um, Right now, Salsa for Change is donating and they're partnered with and donating this run of proceeds to a company or an organization called um, New Beginnings. New Beginnings is in the process of uh, raising funds to put together a, um, they're calling it a micro shelter campus in South Fayetteville. So there it's going to be a small campus of 100 square, 175 square foot units that are heated and cooled. And it's going to help get the homelessness, uh, the homeless population of Fayetteville off the streets and out of the woods. Um, listen, homelessness is real it doesn't mean that they're losers. It doesn't mean that they're drug addicts or lazy. Some of that, like it's, it's none of that shit. Some of it is just bad luck. Um, most of America is just a couple of tragedies or accidents away from being finding themselves in a bad spot that could potentially lead to homelessness. And if you think that those numbers haven't spiked due to the pandemic, you are wrong. So um, we're going to talk about homelessness a lot, and we're going to draw attention to it a lot. And this is just a first in many conversations that we're going to have about it. But the way that you can help right now in a really simple way is go to ONF or go to SalsaForChange.com and buy some salsa from Brad and Sonia. It's delicious. You love salsa. Everyone does. And you're doing good stuff for the community. Um, also, check out the tab on their website called We're All Chipping In. Which has links to it, uh, has links on it that draws more attention to new beginnings and you can kind of educate yourself on what their mission and their goal is and you can support them in a different way too. Um, as for suggestions of other topics or guests, email them to me, um, dram at gmail.com, A-N-E-A-T-D-R-A-M, all lowercase, all one word, at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. We'll be messing around with YouTube and a website eventually, but... Thank you again forever and ever for coming in and and, uh, listening and being a part of this. Bye.